Welcome back, friends, uh, foes, if you are listening, and of course, lords and ladies, because I don't know about you guys, I just got back from Westeros, and uh, shit's getting real. Um, I'm so pumped Game of Thrones is back. It has just been way too fucking long um, waiting, but I get it. Global warming's a real issue. Hard for you guys to find set and filming locations, so it's legit. I totally get it. But enough about fantasy realm, although sometimes it is pretty horrific. I feel like I could probably do an episode about it alone. But we'll leave that to the real professionals because that is a whole realm of crazy with a whole lot of, you know, theories and whatnot that I don't want to waste your wonderful, valuable listening time with at this point. So let's talk about um, a really interesting film, um, diving into one of the Grindhouse classics. Um, For those of you that don't know what Grindhouse is, Grindhouse films represent a very specific period of film, um, essentially like the 60s, 70s, 80s. Grindhouse theaters, these are your back-to-back double feature, B-rated drive-in films. Um, And the reason they call them Grindhouse features is because, well, the projector was going, made a bit of a grinding noise, which essentially would give it its name. But um, to me, these, these features just hold a special place in my heart because they are typically... Good fun, ridiculous plot, always always an over-the-top plot, extremely violent a majority of the time, um, and I mean, it doesn't just have to be in a horror film. Some of these have some pretty over-the-top action films with some pretty silly fake deaths and, you know, all that kind of stuff, but they're worth checking out because they'll, they'll just brighten your day and bring a smile to your face. Um, you know, this is the kind of stuff that inspired Quentin Tarantino. Just, just want to give you that, but maybe not this film uh, specifically. Um, this is probably more of a feature to inspire one of his predecessors. <clears throat> but anyways, let's dive right into it. The following feature is one of the most violent films ever made. There are at least two dozen scenes of barbaric torture and sadistic cruelty graphically shown. If the presentation of disgusting and repulsive subject matter upsets you, gotta love the music it's yeah well i'm talking about the earlier stuff the kind of jazzy upbeat popish i don't even know what you'd call it guys we're talking about cannibal ferox that's right although i know to that music you were thinking cannibal holocaust we're doing it again no no 
that's not happening. Um, we're diving into what I've always considered kind of the second part to Cannibal Holocaust, even though it's not really at all related. I don't know why in my head I always put it as a second. Um, but essentially it's, you know, known in different countries by different names. Um, essentially in the US, you might have heard this referred to as either cannibal ferox or make them die slowly. <clears throat> but if we're in Australia, uh, this is called Women from Deep River. Um, and it's the 1981 Italian cannibal um, exploitation horror film written and directed by Alberto um, Lindsay. Now, he, of course, did uh, Zombie, but we'll talk about that later. And um, upon its release, the film... The film's U.S. distributor um, essentially claimed that it was the most violent film ever made, hence that little opener you hear in the trailer, um, and that this this film would be essentially banned in 31 countries. But Pierce's claim might be a little dubious because um, I haven't found anything that totally con- makes that concrete. In fact, a lot of them just really heavily censored the film and released it. So I, I think it's... It, it all depends on how you look at it, but the film definitely was not kept in its entirety, depending on location of its release. Now, um, essentially plot wise, I don't want to bore you guys with, cause it's a grindhouse feature. They're the stupidest plot lines ever. I mean, we have a doctor who's decided to go down into the Amazon to disprove her theory or the theory of cannibalism and that it no longer exists. And boy, was she fucking wrong um she learned really quickly bringing her two friends down that no there is cannibalism and it is running amok so um of course they they go down and things kind of hit the fan of course as their poor jeep breaks down and so forth but anyways they come across um mike and his partner joe now joe of course is badly wounded and they run across these guys deep in the heart of the amazon and they're claiming you know oh the natives they attacked us they attacked us this is where we start to, you know, kind of figure it something's fishy. So, um, Mike being our true villain, for lack of a better word, <clears throat> escapes off with, uh, our friend Pat and, um, essentially rooting Gloria learned from, um, from Joe that they're responsible for the cannibalism's aggression. Uh, essentially, you know, they're down here to exploit the natives for emeralds and cocaine, um, you know, and taking advantage of them. And while well, high on cocaine, Mike, our true villain, um, you know, brutally tortured and killed their native guide um, right in front of the tribe. So they are completely, you know, right off the bat, enemy number one. Um, so of course, you know, they're they're attacked. Now, Mike kidnaps a native girl, um, trying to lead them out of the jungle. But of course the outsiders follow them and, and of course again attacked. Now the whole lot of shit goes down between Mike and Pat deciding that they were going to get high on cocaine and kill some kit, like some locals, um, it to essentially the natives returning, <clears throat> And capturing kind of one by one between, um, Mike, uh, Rudy, uh, Pat and, um, well, Gloria makes it out. So go Gloria. But essentially, you know, we watch each one and their demise. Now, this is not like Cannibal Holocaust in the sense that Cannibal Holocaust had the found footage of, you know, it, so it hit you differently when you're viewing it. it it's just, wow. You know, you're like, these are real people and what's happening this time around. This is a, basic silly plot line and you're just kind of along for the ride and it's enjoyable nonetheless but 
you just want to watch these guys die, especially Mike. My God, I have never seen such a, you know, it just, it was so, well, no, that's not true. Watching Game of Thrones, there's a lot of, um, you know, satisfaction brought on by characters' deaths. But this one in particular, you know, he is true evil. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it was nice to see him uh, taken out in the way that he is. I don't want to ruin that because I feel like a lot of you probably haven't seen this movie. So I want you to, but do not think any lesser of me from some of the kills because it's pretty gruesome. But it all coincides with what is a grindhouse feature. So basically, this podcast, I feel like, is leading into what will eventually be a um, historical overview of the grindhouse features and the film and definition and all of that. And we'll talk about some classics because um, this one, I really sadly, you know, it's just, it's, I'm not doing it the justice that it deserves, but I feel like this topic itself, I'm just, you know, just taking off the tip of the iceberg when realistically we have a Mount Everest size topic to explore. Um, so eventually maybe a deep dive to be, um, to be, uh, you know, put on the uh, the list of things to do. Now, release-wise, um, I mean, we're talking 80s, so very, very small release. Um, and just little, you know, hobnob kind of theaters. Um, and essentially, you know, like I said, this film would be released in different countries, but heavily censored. And you won't find, like, the at-home release really coming up to the late 80s, early 90s, when that technology became applicable and more um, widely available so essentially right now this this film is in a, a, a whole special realm of essentially you know blu-ray dvd special features that's the only way i can describe it because i myself do own um the special uh, edition which was released and they're especially taking these movies and really giving a whole lot of background extra information you know bonus features all that stuff and so for the true horror connoisseur i do recommend it you will really thoroughly enjoy a lot of the bonus features but for those of you um just looking to check it out uh, hopefully it's available for rent. I honestly have no clue. I didn't check that out, uh, which I feel bad. I've, I've come ill-prepared. Um, now, uh, as I said, guys, this film is truly violent. I mean, we're, you're going to see eyeballs ripped off, body parts cut off, and truly eaten in front of you. And it's not like Cannibal Holocaust in the sense which that felt very real and visceral. This is just going straight for the gross out factor. And some of it is really gross and just, just putrid really. Um, you know, it's, it's pretty awful. And, uh, you know, I don't want to give away the ending, but essentially, you know, just like Cannibal Holocaust, we're left with that same thesis, that same deep thought, who are the true villains? Is it our uh, tribesmen, our natives, or is it our believed to be civilized, you know, folk, um, coming from a, a technologically advanced society. And that is, you know, one of those thoughts that's left to the viewer. And one of those questions that you're left with after viewing the film. So that's it. That's all folks. Really quick podcast this week. Um, and for that, I apologize, not doing a real big deep dive, but like I said, this is kind of just getting us into the beginning of something that I really do hope and wish to do this year. Now, just quickly before we go, I do have to mention, do you call yourself a constant reader? 
for those of you who don't know what that is, I am talking to all my Stephen King fans listening right now. Um, each and every single one of you, I am in. T- I am putting the mission on you. I'm telling you what you need to do. You need to go check out beardly.designs on Instagram at Etsy. This is a really one-of-a-kind shop, guys, with some of the coolest Stephen King merchandise I have ever seen. Um, and in fact, uh, currently shopping myself. And, uh, you know, can't wait to deck out, um, well, between my coffee cupboards and my, my office with some of the cool designs. Again, that's beardly.designs. <clears throat> Guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, you, each and every single one of you, you know, you mean the world to me. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, as always, reach out to me on Instagram and Twitter. I'd love to hear from you. Um, and, you know, if you're feeling really generous and want to spread the love, leave a little review on iTunes. It definitely legitima- legitimizes what I'm doing here. And, uh, you know, not just rambling to myself alone in a room. And um, as always, guys, keep calm and stay creepy. <laughs>